Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Happy New Year. This is actually uh, the first show of 2023, so I'm excited to be back. Um, went on a little hiatus again. Uh, I was talking to Coach before the recording actually last night about um, I've really never had seasons, so I guess this is still season one uh, after like the second or third big break which would also be season three, I guess. So welcome. Um, before we meet our guest, I would like to I'd like to recommend you about our partners at Bet Online, who are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, events, and they have first to market odds and lines. Bet Online remains to your number one source for all sports betting this season, everything from NFL playoffs, pro and college basketball, the UFC, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at betonline.ag. With live betting options, free contests, live scores, and almost any sport and game you can imagine. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Episode 86 of the podcast welcomes Coach Brett Arkelian, who is the current special teams analyst at UC Davis. Before UC Davis, he served as special teams coach at Virginia Tech, Rice, Marshall, and the University of Tennessee Martin. In 2020, Arkelian also published The Kicker's Bible, and it's a book focused on training methods, perspectives from some of the best minds in special teams. He is also the producer of Iceman Kicking Podcast. It's a show I was honored to be a guest on. Arkelian was lastly a four-year starter. I love this kicker and punter combo guy out of the University of Tennessee Martin and Lincoln University in PA. Um, Coach, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing? Man, I am fired up, Dan, to be on here. This is like strictly professional. You got my last name right. You got all the places I coach right in order. Um, that's why the fourth down focus is as great as it is, man. I'm I'm fired up to talk some some kicking, punting, and snapping here with you. Well, you guys are special to me. I think if you look at the guests that I've had on, I mean, there's a lot of people in my in my network, but the people I bring on are people a that um they can grab an audience with their with the attention of what they're saying, you know. And so I speak to people a lot, and then when I when I feel like man. This person would I probably be impactful to my audience. I, I ask him to come on. So I'm grateful for guys like you who who can give me an hour because your life is busy. I mean, I can just tell him right now, like you were recruiting up to the final minute we just started recording, you know, so and you're probably going to get back to work when we're done. So I am grateful for you and, and your time. And I think everyone else is, too. So I'll get right into it. You know, Um Right now, we are in a crazy post-COVID slash transfer portal being a big part of everyone's life slash there still are 23s who are looking for a place to play. Um, and it's getting more popular, this kicking thing, right? So there's probably more kickers in the 23 market who are valuable than there ever have been. But unfortunately, you've also got a bunch of kids who are 23 
who have had experience, um, who are taking the jobs from these 23s. And um, there's really no way to, if you say it out loud, it makes sense. But from the parent's perspective of a 23, I have to talk to a lot of these people and explain to them, it's tough news. You might have to sit, go to a prep school, uh, just kind of imagine yourself being put on a shelf, but get back off that shelf, a much better product, you know, because um, you, you're always looking, guys like you, I, I commend you for it. There are guys, there are several dudes like you in the college football ranks now. There's a passion for it. You guys know what you're looking for and you see value. And I think for a long time in my era, they saw stats, right? They they knew how to click a stopwatch, but it was very surface area evaluation. It was, you know, either you're good or you're bad. There's no in between. And as you know, there's a huge gray area to getting to great. So as you're looking at these portal and 23s, I want you to tell me and to tell these parents who are a large audience, you know, percentage, what are you looking for? How are you narrowing this recruiting list down um, off the field and on? Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome question. Good way to start. I think a lot of this stuff, you know, recruiting, just as you're saying, never stops. And there's a lot of, you can always tell a good or a, coach that cares, especially teams coach that cares by how big his board is, how many people he's reaching out to. I mean, I treat specialists just like we're recruiting safeties and linebackers. You should always have a list of 10 to 15 guys that are like, these are the best 10 to 15 in the country. I mean, some guys will get done and I won't name names, but you know, they get their, they sign their one guy. And, All right. I'm good for another two years. It's like, especially now with the portal, just like you talked about, right, Dan, like there's so many move, there's so much movement and so many good kickers and punters and snappers out there that are looking for new homes. So uh, that's a great place to start. And it kind of leads into other things we're going to talk about. But I think, for example, if I'm watching a kicker, right, and a lot of good kickers out there, guys that have played a good amount of game uh, at the Division One FBS, FCS level, we can kind of narrow it down to a couple uh, attributes, you know, and I'm noticing you know, a linear fall through, like we talked about um, in, in uh, the Iceman Kicking Podcast, which you guys should check out after this. Um, but uh, good fundamentals, you know, and a lot of different camera angles. There's a lot of different ways to show it. Um, for example, stats wise, I want to see how accurate can they be 40 and in, um, because that is a big indicator of, you know, most field goals, what the average field goal in the NFL is the 37 yard or 38 yard kick. Um, I want to see you hit 40 and inside 40, both directions, you know, with the win and against the win. Uh, I want to see touchbacks. I mean, that's the next thing coaches look for, whether it's a field goal or a kickoff guy. I want to see how many touchbacks can they hit. And are these balls going 10 deep? You know, it's kind of deceiving. You just look at stats. I always go to max preps, excuse me, look at all the best high school kickers, you know, and I, I start with touchbacks. How many touchbacks do they have? But that's not always a great, indicator he could have 50 such 56 touchbacks on a season and the ball's going 61 62 yards so i want to see film from from the you know sideline halfway up the grandstands maybe johnny's dad or mom recording and i want to see him hit three one direction three in the other direction then i want to see ball height uh when it comes back to field goals and consistency i mean again fundamentally as coaches we are looking for attributes and we're just talking about uh motions that can be replicated right over and over again because a lot of these schools they don't have 
coaches that can help change you. And that's where guys like you come in, kids have to go and refer to their kicking coaches and say, Hey, what am I doing wrong? So whether that's punting or uh, snapping, you know, motions that are replicable and, and you can do over and over again, that's hugely good too. We look at potential, you know, I, I hate to say it because I was a five, seven, 140 pound kicker coming out of high school, but uh, you have to know your audience and who you're reaching out to. Um, you know, if, you know, there's not a lot of those guys at the power five level. All right. So I, I, I reached out to some of the schools, but I didn't spend all my time focused on Mississippi state trying to take a five, seven, 140 pound kicker. So knowing your lane, right. Knowing I, I knew I was a you know really good D two FCS guy. And I, and I, just as you say, got to, you know, play four years and set a couple of records at those levels. I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can show that. And we'll talk about Twitter and stuff like that. But uh, just being consistent and having replicable motions, uh, I think, stands out for sure. I like what you said about the go both ways. And what I mean by that is, you know, your time is valuable and the kids and the parents have to acknowledge that a, a one minute good huddle highlight is much better than the three minute average one. Because I don't really, no one I've ever talked to like you has spent three minutes watching. Very, I don't think anyone, unless it's Dion's highlight, right? Like, I think you want to try to draw or you want to see if your attention is drawn, I should say, within the first 20 or 30 seconds. And if it's not, I'm sure you just turn it off and move on. And it's not out of disrespect. Like, we can't take things in life personally. This is just the truth. I'm just telling people what really transpires is, you know, if you have six kickoffs going in one direction in week three, because you had a favorable wind um, and you only have eight kickoffs on the four minute highlight, a coach is going to draw a conclusion that you had favorable wind that night and it went one way. I think what's valuable is to see a touchback in the same game with the same Jersey, with the same opponent's color going touchbacks in both directions. Like you've got to get creative because there are things that you guys are looking for. Um, and, and it's not like a secret, really. It's just like it's it's common sense. It's things that parents should really be involved with because you only get one chance, right? I mean, you, I only get your attention once in a DM, and I've, I've got to make an impression. And I think that watching the guys who are successful, you it's evident, you know, like their, their huddle highlights a minute and a half, and it's phenomenal. And they're frequently going out and complimenting that with good training film, practice film, pregame. It's a great opportunity to get some live op, you know, snap and holds like in, in the most real environment we possibly could be until game. And I don't think kids, they don't see that. They don't hear it and they don't, they don't think it um, because it doesn't provide these superficial things like rankings and stuff. But I don't, I think what you, what you said, you hit the nail on the head is it's consistency. And I think it's consistency and like making sure your brand is always producing quality work. Right. Yes. Quality content. Absolutely. Amen. So I want to get into that. So there's do's and there's don'ts to everything in life. I would like you to share a couple. What are some glaring do's and don'ts when promoting oneself on Twitter or or with my huddle link? Yeah, absolutely. So so the don'ts is easy to start with because, uh, you know, it's so apparent and it shows up so often. You can't be a one hit wonder where you hit up a guy you know, one time and then never spawn again. Oh, I guess he doesn't like me. Like we got a lot of stuff going on. It's no disrespect, but you know, there's message requests and my DMs are full of, 
a million kids I've never heard of before. And they might be great, but to be honest with you, I'm not going to be able to get around to that because I'm more worried about people that have been referred to me, all conference guys, list guys, uh, top rankings guys, which we do pay attention to. Now, not everything's based off that. Uh, spelling's got to be huge. Okay. If you don't have, if you can't spell, I've had a coach uh, or a kid reach out to me and called me coach Armenian. Now I've never heard someone uh, call somebody by their ethnicity, but I don't think that's a good place to start. And I know I'm sure it's autocorrect and, you know, I laughed about it with the kid, but that's, you know, you got to double check your work, man. This is just like class here. Um, if you don't have your GPA in your Twitter bio, I mean, that seems like a small thing, but especially at a high academic school like UC Davis, we'll just skip over you because I'm not going to sit here all day and try to figure out, okay, you know, like, what is he really at? Let me get in contact with the coach. And then, you know, we got to build a database right now, especially the role I'm kind of sliding into with recruiting. We got to know details quickly because there's a ton of kids out there, just like with portal, junior college football, uh, high school football. So there's a lot of different factors. Um, I think with the dues, it's kind of exciting because there's a lot of different stuff you can do content, like posting content all the time. It's amazing how, uh, you know, a 15 second clip from a kicking camp uh, might catch your eye and go, whoa, that kid just punted and hit the scoreboard or something. I need to talk to this guy. That happened too. Where I said, hey, man, we kind of written this guy off and then I see him drop a 55 yard bomb. Now, I know that's not um, doesn't make a great specialist, right, especially with punters, the best punters. You know, you can measure them by their worst ball and, and how consistent they are. Um, but it goes a long way to catching someone's eye just continually, just like you talked about, putting out training content and seeing, okay, this is this guy's potential. He can really stroke the ball um, going both ways. Um, emails, like that's something that's kind of dead. And that was maybe something that was you and my's generation, but the ability to set a scheduled email, I've talked about this before. Uh, I've had a kid that emailed me at 6 a.m. every day for like six months at a time. Yeah. And I and I was like, I'm sick of seeing this. Kid. But guess what? I watched his video eventually because I was like, what? This kid is so tenacious in his. And really, it could be the same thing. I mean, you like him to vary it up a little bit. But receiving that same email as a, as a alarm or a, a wake up every morning, I was like, OK, we got to check out who's wasn't very good, but I respond to him and I told him I appreciated reaching out. Um, so that goes a long way too. I think other avenues like TikTok and, and making different videos. And again, we talked about how deep you can get into this. Um, it doesn't have to be super overly done, but different avenues of putting your stuff out there and letting people see it. The more they can see your face, this is going to recruiting now for schools, the more they can see your face or see your brand, the more they're going to pay attention to you, they're going to send it. We got coaches group chats where we send out info to the special teams coordinator, the head coach. We're all in a, a group thread, uh, recruiting coordinator, and we're talking about certain guys because the more you can put stuff out there, you lifting weights, squatting, lunges, all the stuff like that. Um, I think that goes a long way. And then the last thing I would say is um, try to craft your message with a detail that sets you apart. So, Saying something to me like, hey, Coach Ark, I know you started your career at UT Martin. You guys have had successful special teams. Man, that, that really resonates with me. And I, I know it might take a little bit of time, but as we've said before, know your kind of your your lane, your general area. Okay, I'm a, you know, maybe 5'10, and I don't have the, 
you know, the best punt hang time. I maybe see myself as an FCS group of five guy. And then I try to target 10 to 15 schools in my area and really go after that, those guys and kind of try to own that area. Um, I can be a little bit more detailed with my messages. Again, it's still a numbers game. It's still about reaching out, but adding a little tidbit that can be more, uh, less generalized, more detailed, uh, maybe something as like, Hey, congrats on having the best passing offense in the conference this year, or setting the record, just something you could even pick up off of the coach's Twitter profile. I think coaches would really appreciate that and understand it's just like, not a general message that says, yo, what up, coach? Hear my film. What I'm hearing you say is to stand out, be unique, be uncommon. And I think that in order to make it now, especially, you have to be special. And it's not just being like gifted or, or, or producing on the field. You almost have to then take that production and like sell it, you know. And, and so I tell my kids, you know, if you're going to take the time to, to, to create a post, be very specific about what's going on. Like, like, is this, is this a process oriented person? Cause I think that's really what you guys are looking for as a kid. That's not just going to go out and work for the sake of working. No, they're going to work on something very, very specific because they know tomorrow they're going to, you know, compartmentalize and they're going to do something else tomorrow. So hopefully, you know, three or four days from now, it all kind of comes together and it complements each other. Right. So that's what champions do. That's what professionals do. And I think that your level is professional. Let's be honest. I mean, kids can generate funds now and it's legal. So they are pretty professional and people want to buy their brands if they're good enough. And I think the the way to success and the way to being good is to be a process person. So I don't know. I, I, I love what you said because it really, it really, it's, it's the same way. It's the same things that I, I believe to be true. So I tell my kids that. So it's comforting to know that You've really got to be uncommon. You've got to be unique. You've got to separate. And, and I don't know. I don't care if it's through the way you email or the way you shoot your film or your your handle for that matter. But um, so I, I really thank you for that, because that's that's really invaluable stuff right there. Um, well, you know what, Dan, too, I like something you just said there. I haven't even thought about posting drills or something where, man, as a special teams coach and showing like, hey, this guy, he's working on his one steps and he sends me a video of that I love that. Because I know a few guys I've recruited in the past, you can just tell they're all about their business. Like you said, they have a formula, they have a plan, they have a process. If you can show me that, I don't see that much. So that's why I didn't mention it. So that's something, you know, you can get your guys going on that. I think at least for me with my specialist background, I would say, wow, let's take a look at this guy. I haven't ever seen someone, uh, you know, showing me working on their drop to, you know, ball contact or, uh, you know, some type of contact drills. I think that would be good to post yeah because it's not fun right so it's not going to be done all the time but i think if you give these kids incentive if they heard you say that's what i want to see that would stand out that would resonate with me that that's unique that's being uncommon i i think that's that's what we have to do to get your attention because if i don't get your attention i have no chance and um i have to get your attention so I want to talk to you about your expectations. So let, let's say hypothetically that we're talking about a kid that did get your attention and it did go well. And he is about to arrive on your campus. And let's say he's coming in August or like late July. Um, what are your expectations of a specialist, both mentally and physically when they do step foot on your campus? And that's a, 
it's great because I just had this happen literally today. We got a guy that's committed and he's coming on and he is, we're fired up about him because he's, you know, big, exciting guy, but also just so detail oriented in everything that he does. And I mean, he's 17 going on 35. You know what I mean? He, he behaves himself like a true professional. One of the first things he asked her what, you know, we, we met um, really on like a junior day last year and he was like, what workout should I be doing right now? And how should I start? Um, you know, is there any auxiliary lifts I can do or uh, pool workouts to get ahead? I'm like, who the, who the F is this kid? You know, like <laughs> he is next level. And so he gave me a call and he's like, something we're going to hit on too is like, what should my off season training schedule be like right now? Like I'm kind of lost. I got with your guys' strength coach. I'm doing some of your guys' lifts now. I'm doing a different sport too at the same time, which we love to see. Um, but what should my kicking workout be right now? What should I be focused on? So we talked about it, you know, uh, of where he should be. I'm like, look, man, December, January, I don't know. You know, I, Shane Graham had a post about this. You shouldn't be kicking at all. Um, and I, and I like that train of thought. I said, if you're going to do it and, you know, cause we, like we have winter ball. So we start instead of having spring ball, we start February 14th as a team. So that's coming up quick. So our guys got to be working out, uh, he won't get here until June or, or whenever, but uh, asking questions like that, you know, what should my schedule? Well, in January through March, I wouldn't kick more than two, maybe three days a week. Uh, it should be heavy on dry runs, heavy on contract drills should be you're punting. I want you working on a line the whole time. I mean, I spent, I'm sure you can attest this, Dan. I spent my, you know, I was overzealous and of course, kick too much because we we didn't know any better back in the day. But I spent my December through April working across the field. I mean, 52 yards both ways, and I'm working on the 30-yard line, and I'm working my steps, and I did 10, 10 one steps and hit five down the field. You only had three or four footballs. Five one way, five back, and then now my dad's snapping to me, and then I'm, I might hit 30 on a day, no more than 30 but every single one of them wasn't in the middle of the field. It was across the field working a line. And that's, that really corrected my steps and made me a lot better of a punter. Um, so yeah, questions like, you know, how should I be training? What should I be eating? You know, what should I be working? I mean, I know this kid's all business. I don't know if he's going to come in and play right away, but he's going to compete. I don't want kids to hear this and say, well, I'm going to do that then. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to go and DM my guy that I'm about to go meet in six months, because I tell you what, if you are overzealous and you're asking these questions and, and taking your time as mentioned, which is we, we can't get it back. Right. Um, and they show up fat and they show up late to the first special teams meeting. And all these things aren't fitting and gelling. You've immediately done the complete opposite of what you wanted to do. You're, 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 unfulfilled expectations now right are gonna say look man what you called me every day or text me every other day or dm me for that matter and you asked me about weight program and you asked me about diet and you asked me about this and that and and you can't do any of this that's that's also going to be horrible right so i i want to be very clear with that don't just start doing these things and don't like follow through because that's that's going to do you a disservice. Um, Don't call me every day either, because I will lose my. You no, know, I mean if this kid was <laughs> calling me every day, I'd be like, all right, we're you you can't come here anymore, man. I'm tired of this. Like it's you're right. It's good to you know, and he's hit me up. You know, he he hits me up 
like somewhat regular basis, but maybe, you know, more once a once a month or once every few weeks. So I agree with that too. I think uh, you got to make it your own, right? Uh, whatever you do, make it your own. As long as if you're authentic, I think that's the easiest thing, right? I learned that a long time ago is it's like, it's not hard to tell the truth all the time. If you don't lie, you know, it really isn't. I think when you have a hard time telling the truth is when you, when you speak in gray and when, when you're really not being authentic. And I think sometimes it's tough being authentic, you know, you have, you have these things you have to deal with, but man, it feels good to not lie about it. Right. Uh, and, and I hope that kids hear this and they're like, Oh, maybe I should just establish a better rapport with my coach. I think coaches like you value that just a check-in and it may be a once a week, it may be twice a month, but I think there's value in, in, in just showing that I care, you know, it makes you feel good. It makes them feel good. And I think that we all need that. So there's no question and also coaches have to do that too you know and that's that's one thing i've learned it's like hey you want your guy to do all these drills and you want him to take your coaching well you better build a rapport with them because telling you the first place i went didn't do that and it was you know headbutting and i realized oh i've actually got to get to know these guys you know what i mean i love what you said because you look at even at the highest level i can't recall the game but there was a situation where there was a couple linebackers with i think it was the titans but it was the offense was on the field so the defense was assembling and like position specific areas and you saw this linebacker coach i mean just be right you couldn't hear what he was saying but you could almost see what he was saying and like both the dudes were just looking stoic and like they were just they were taking what was being said, not the tone, right? But the message was very clear that he was pissed, but they were like, yeah, duh, I messed up, but he is coaching me right now. So I'm going to take all the yelling and just hear the message. And I think that's very, very rare. Yeah. Great players want to be coached hard, right, Dan? Like, you know, that from the guys you work with, like yeah. if they play at the highest level, they want to be coached hard. They want to get better. Yeah. But back to the caring, right? I think that, you know, that, I must show them that there there's a level of I love you because I'm about to get in your shit. I'm going to get in your soul right now and you're going to hate me in the short term. But damn, you're going to look back and be like, if it weren't for you and one of those raw, raw speeches. But yeah, that's that's the thing I love about coaching is I think I've done it long enough to realize now that I go through these pitfalls with people. Um, but in the end, it's it's tough love. Right. It's I mean, you, you can call it whatever you want, but I really do love the guys I work with and for. Um, and it always it's not always worked out. Right. Some guys just I don't gel with. I mean, and I, and I have to accept that. But I'd like to think that I gave it my all, you know, and I was always honest. And sometimes too honest, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about an average week. You know, we've talked about establishing a rapport with you in the off season. And yeah, now I'm on your campus and and, I, and maybe I have fulfilled these expectations initially where I look the part and, you know, I'm performing in practice, but like, what is for a freshman, you know, can you give us um, the workload of a specialist in particular, not only on the field, but he's got weights, you know, he's got um, special teams meeting, he's got team meetings, he's got study hall, how much collective time do you think in a given day, for example, is a kid involved or around football or school? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, I've been blessed to be at five different university division one universities in the past couple of years. And um, it, it, it varies if you're a night practice team or day practice team. So for example, when I was at Marshall uh, in Virginia tech, I'm sorry, Marshall in 
uh, Rice, we were night practice teams. Um, so we would start our meetings at around two, two thirty, three o'clock. And then, you know, everyone goes position meetings, specialists, you know, some, some specialists would go and dick around and, and play ping pong in the team room. But I want to make sure my guys, if you're on the field or if you're, you get out there, you better be ready to go. I mean, I had a whole, and I was all messed up, Dan, but I had a whole back workout routine, you know, back activation, hip activation exercise. I do I'd hop in the hot tub. I mean, I had tendonitis in my groin and hamstring for the last two years of playing. So I was messed up, but I had to do a lot of stuff to get ready. And it really irked me or bothered me when guys would just dick around and then roll into the practice field 30 minutes before. I mean, your body's strenuous. I'm, I'm sure you've been Terry. He, Towards the end of his career, he spent almost an hour and a half to two hours getting ready for practice. A practice. We're talking about practice. But my whole point of being is that you better not be sitting there during, you know, position meeting. I, shoot, I would encourage my guys, and like you did, going to a, a running back meeting, you know, and kind of try to pick up, be a complete player. Um, then, you know, so then you get on field at 3.30 and you warm up for 30 to 45 minutes, you go to practice at – Four three. So anyway, so a, a night practice team, you could be there from two thirty to nine o'clock. Morning is a little bit better. Where um, at Virginia Tech and Davis, we practice uh, in the morning time. Now, coaches, we'd roll in at damn near four thirty, but uh, you know, you start meetings at six o'clock, and then uh, position meetings, and you go out to the field around seven fifteen. Start practice eight fifteen eight thirty. Um, get done with practice. And one thing I've realized that these workouts for for coaches nowadays uh and players i mean uh they can knock them out post practice in 25 to 30 minutes it's crazy how efficient especially with how huge the weight rooms are they can be during a given uh week so morning times morning practice teams you could be in there at 6 30 and out by 10 30 11 rolling out the class and then guys will come back um for you know studying and, and uh, watching film and doing stuff you want me to talk a little bit about a practice schedule that we do for our specialists yeah, I guess specifically on the field too, what is the expectation is like, and what's the duration of a practice? How long are they involved in the practice? And then what do you want to do with them in individual time? Yeah, yeah, those, those are awesome questions. So really for us, and I, I like this question, uh, I got this this schedule from David Akers, and this is in the Kickers Bible. Made it my own a little bit, um, but I really do think you should be detailed and coaches will give you coach talk and what they think, man, I'm going to be detailed. I want to tell you the exact reps that you need to do. So day one is either your Sunday practice um, or you might have Sunday off and this is a Monday practice. Now, if it's a Monday practice, you can get more into reps. I never encourage guys who started and they played all day on Saturday and you were standing, you know, for six hours and warm ups and during the game. To kick the day after, I think you should do some type of running workout. Maybe, you know, just like a pitcher in baseball, you should go on a two-mile run or get some heavy squats in. Um, but if you guys are a Monday practice team, you've had Sunday off, this should be a heavy kicking day, right? You can go 25 to 50 reps, depending on what you do. As we talked about punting, you can do a lot more reps, field goals, and definitely kickoff. I never want to see our guys do more than eight to 10 uh, in a day. And that's, that's heavy. That's a, that's a, the most they should ever do. I think day two should be heavier, um, higher reps, 35 to 55 on a Tuesday, for example, your Tuesday practice day three. So you start to taper it down on Wednesday, uh, medium 20 to 40 reps. And then your Thursday, again, we're talking about college here, 
which is two days before the game. I want to see you at 15 reps, a lot more dry runs. Um, and then Friday, maybe 10 reps if you need to. If not, I would rather you not kick at all and try to save your legs. But kind of what we're talking about with this schedule. So say we're, uh, you know, 8, you know, 7.15 in the morning, we're on the field. Well, then 6 o'clock, as soon as you're done with those meetings, I want you to get in pre-treatment. I want you to heat. I want you to run. I want you to stretch. Now, obviously, we have to heat our bodies up before we start pulling and tugging at them. Um, but there should be some type of long distance running and dynamic stretches, you know, not just going straight to pulling the old quads or the hammies, um, but really doing some high knees and getting some, you know, calisthenics, getting some high kicks, some Frankensteins and a lot of different hip stuff. Um, and then I encourage our guys, you know, maybe 30, 15 minutes after that to 30 minutes, I want to see some dry runs. I want you to get some bands out now. You can't be like me. I would get the Jaeger bands, you know, Jaeger bands in, in baseball, and I'd tie around my ankle, and i do my backswing and my follow-through, and that was all good and well and good resistance training, but I would do three sets on my kicking leg and one set on my plant leg. Dan, so what do you think happened to my my back? Well, you probably were really offset, and you probably got real tight on one side. And I was all jacked up, man. Yeah. Like, I, I still have back problems and that's where kind of the tendonitis came from. Cause I got really jacked on one side and then I'm, you know, super weak on the other. So imbalance yeah, with our specialists. Yeah. yeah. Imbalance. Totally. And, you know, and, and I was young and I was like, okay, you know, this, I kick with my right leg, so I better get super strong on my right side. It's not the case. Do what you do to one side, what you do to the other, um, you know, and then, and make sure we get in dry runs. And so it, de- it depends on the schedule. A lot of teams though, the places I've been, They'll do two special teams periods right at the start of practice. And then they'll wait. Each period is normally five minutes, uh, wherever you go. And then the next special teams periods will normally be 10, period 10 to 12, period 14 through 16. Sometimes they'll throw in an insert period. And I, I do like that. We do that um, at UC Davis. Of, you know, after the offense has ran their eight plays, run out there and kick a field goal or run out there and hit a punt. And it simulates a game experience that we don't get to get now a little frustrating when I, you know, normally after period two, I want those guys to go up to the other field or go up to their practice field and work on some type of drill that day. Um, so I kind of break down after they get started for the first two, you know, maybe you'll have a scout punt session. We're working on punt return in period one, or you'll do walk through, uh, you know, a scout kickoff. I might have to hit a few balls or, uh, kickoff return i'll give them some fundamentals or focuses of the day and we'll sit there and talk in pre-practice and i'll say all right i want you to work on your contact with the ball and field goal you're going to work on your drop table uh and you're going to do this drill snappers i want you guys to work on your follow through uh some band stuff and then post practice or during the second session we'll work on releases so giving them a focus but really it starts with those warm-ups and dry runs um, and then a fundamental to work. So you get, you'll do that for the first, I'll have my guys do that periods, you know, three to eight, three to nine. Uh, and then we'll go to some drill. I always want our specialists involved with special teams drills, even if it's a kickoff circuit and we're working on our void techniques and we're working on button and pressing, well, shoot, I want the specialists to be the returners. And I'm sure you've been there before where, all right, I guess I'm the tackling dummy in this drill. Now I'm not saying just throw the specialists out there to the, uh, you know, to the, to the wolves, but 
Um, I want them assisting in some way. They're going to be helping me. They're going to help score our comp our special teams competition games. Uh, that way they're not just drifting and doing their own thing. Um, after periods 10 and 11, 12, now we're going to get into situational stuff. You'll like this, uh, where we take a, a nerf ball and we'll work some situations. Um, we'll work time running down. We'll work milk where you're punting. It's late, you know, two minutes left in the game. We're up by a touchdown and we really need to milk this clock. So I'll have our snapper and punter go and the other specialists that they're around, they can be gunners or something, but we're going to work on circling the wagons around the ball. Uh, and not picking the ball up and downing it and handing it to the ref um, for as long as we can. So little stuff like that, situational stuff, when there's a lot of stuff you can do with Fugel, uh, kickoff two, your, your you know, situational kicks, that's a great time to work it, have competitions there. Um, and then normally from periods 14 through 18, we'll do some type of yoga or stretches um, and got to mix some core in there. Because just as you were saying, you know, what separates guys uh, from college to the NFL is that core strength and that balance. So we hammer it. We get in some, you know, some playing competitions and I get beat not, not many times, but I'll lose here and there. And, and you know, you just gotta, you gotta make a competition out of everything. Um, and the specials are always great about that. They love competing. Um, so we'll do some type of core uh, competition and then get our stretches in. And then normally practice will end 18 to period 23. So you can kind of utilize those periods. But I do think having a set schedule for your guys, whether you're a kicking coach and you're giving him a template or you're a special teams quarter, they need a set schedule and drills that they can work on during those fundamental fundamental periods from 2 to 10 uh, where they're not just wasting their time and waiting around for practice to end. I have two things on that. I I have a template. I think we all do, right? Can end in mind. But one thing I really shifted to, and this is kind of a new thought because someone shared it with me, and I was like, "That's that's spot on." Is if you do have like a spreadsheet, Monday there's a, you know, you're allowed to hit 35 total reps, and you have eight kickoffs on that sheet. If you hit four flawless kickoffs that day, don't hit five, six, seven, and eight. Right. I think kids, if they if they were flexible with the schedule, they would they would honor the schedule even more because they could the, the schedule is meant to challenge us. Right. And if we play these small games with ourselves, I think it brings about a better version of ourselves. Right. So I like that. I also think that rapport back to rapport with your coach. If you were my special teams coach, one of the first things I'd like to do with you in August or hopefully late July would would be what's the expectation that we just talked about so i would then know when to relax when to then have like that half hour of acclimation or warm-up period mentally get set so i know in 10 minutes i've got a i've got a, a period in front of the whole team where i have to execute something um i never like to be as a kicker i never like to be surprised uh, unless it was like a surprise field goal like let's take a lap off like i get that but I didn't want I didn't want you to throw in a kickoff period and I didn't have a couple minutes to warm up on kick KO like that that happened to me right and and I think we've gotten smarter as coaches with that but the communication is huge and I think just knowing that you know um what your expectations are and when I'm supposed to be like doing my thing is very valuable and sometimes it doesn't get done very well in my opinion with the player he needs to ask the coach you know 
because you've got a billion people to account for. He's one of 11 on every special teams unit, but we feel like we're everything. We're, we're the only thing on a field unit, right? I hate to be like that, but we are. We're all selfish sometimes. Um, and they don't really think about those stupid little things. But I want to finish with, well, I got, I got two more things I really want to get to with you. And um, this one is interesting because this is a current event. So this past weekend, as we were recording, the Cowboys played. And Maher had a very, very, very uh, bad night by anyone's standards. And I think he's one of the best in the world right now. I mean, he's obviously one of the best 32 in the world. But I think among the 32, on a given good day, he's he can kick with anybody. But for whatever reason that night, he couldn't make an extra point. And it wasn't one, it wasn't two, it wasn't three. It was four, four I think, consecutive misses, right? And this is tough. Um, but we all go through ruts in life. Some, sometimes it's not field goals, but... Um, do you approach an athlete differently in that situation? Is it dependent on who they are as a person or how do you deal with specialists who fail in a public eye? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it pains you, right. To watch that and see, God, man, like you just see the dismay in his eyes and whatever Dax reaction and Eli and Peyton. I'm like, all right, let's throw those guys out there and see him hit a 32 or 37, whatever that PAT was, man. Let's see him hit four in a row. Um, yes, absolutely. It's situational, person by person. Um, yeah, there's a, a, again, it goes back to the rapport and who they are. I think there's a, a couple interesting takes on that. Um, being a specialist coach, you got to know what works for guys. And just like you talked about in August, we do meet, I meet with our guys. And I say, okay, what drills do you feel comfortable with? What, um, you know, what do you feel like you need to work on? What are you good at? And how do you like being coached? You know, is it me dogging you and getting after you? And, and some guys are, some guys are competitors and they like some, you know, we had, we had a really confident kicker this year, Isaiah Gomez. And he likes when I got after him and would push him, you know, cause he had that self-confidence in him. Now, if you get a freshman or a sophomore out there, who's, shaking in his boots you know um it might be more of a self-reassurance thing it's cool i had a i did a, a, a clinic talk with a couple guys simple kicking last year during the coaching convention and coach mazakis was asked this uh question he's at kentucky i hope i'm saying that right and he told this really cool story of when he was at kansas and they iced the kicker two times um and the kid was you know kind of locked in and he was known for being pretty good um but it looked like he was a little bit over the top he's a little bit high strong and this is a long field goal and coach called him over and he goes hey he said where are we gonna go eat after this what do you want pizza or something and the kid was like what he's like I'll, I'll get you some dominoes after and it just that random you know thing or you're just chuckling um and made him smile and it took him out of that moment and made him think about you know when i'm successful after this what am I going to do? Cause it should always be positive, right? We don't say aim small, miss small. We say aim small, hit small. And I got that from Sean Saturnio. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good Ooh. one. Can't, can't take full credit for that, but love it. Talked about with, with you before, you know, uh, having a highlight tape, I, I really do think like, man, every single kicker, every single one should have a highlight tape of high school of college and seeing them hit their biggest kicks. I mean, I remember, this is a personal thing, but I remember having my most success in the first game of the season every year. And we played Cincinnati, which for an FCS team, that was a big deal. You know, it was my first division one game. 
Um, and we, we gave them a run for their money. We were seven, we were up seven zero in the fourth quarter. They put up 24 and answered. Uh, and then Ole Miss my senior year and, uh, AJ Brown was the returner. And my claim to fame was I had 10 punts Dan and held them to two return yards. And I think that guy's pretty good in the NFL. So, um, he's but not slow. He's, he's not yeah, slow. that's what I'm saying. So I felt like I was overly prepared for those games because I spent every night that summer and every, you know, every day that summer going to bed and seeing myself succeed, picking up the grass, feeling the grass in my fingers, seeing myself in warmups, seeing AJ stand back there and think I'm going to rip this one over his head. And I did. There was, there was, I think my last punt was like one of my, my best punts is, you know, we were a big rugby team, but I, we went pocket and I launched one fifty-five over his head. He lost in the sun, but Anyway, that mental preparation. So going back to the film, I go in, I'm Brett, you know, I'm struggling. I go in at halftime and I see me just ripping these balls from 55 plus and I'm saying, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, that was a bigger stage. Yeah, that was farther away. You know, I don't, there's, there's a science for sure to knowing what works for different people. And I'd like to get into that, see, hey, for this type A person, this is the type of coaching he needs and for a type B, I mean, that would be awesome to do, you know, like a psychology project. Yeah. Cause there's like, you know, learning styles, you know, you've done that one, the Myers Briggs test. I'm sure that we've all done, I think in high school, but I, 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 I asked it because there's really no right answer. Right. I think um, to really answer that cor- correctly, it's, I must meet the person we're talking about. I must more, not only meet him, I must know them. And I don't think, I don't think unless we get the rapport, I think all this connects to that we talked about, but until you know the human, you're not going to handle that situation to benefit them at all because you're guessing and, 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 and they're not in a good place, right? They want to be around familiar faces, people who love them, people who care about them. And I think that guy, it wasn't just his candid, like, Hey, let's get some dominoes. I'm sure there was a, like a, a very very strong bond between those two for him to be able to walk up and relieve him for a second so that's a that's a great story i want to end with this you have a book it is called the kicker's bible um i want to know like what you learned through the process and writing the book and a little bit about what the book means to you and what it's what you want it to mean to others when they do come across it man that's a good question, Dan. And I appreciate you asking about that. Not many people do. They go, Hey, you got a book. All right. Well, you know, they laugh at you or they, what do you know? You know, and I, and I don't complain. I know that title is very bold and I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, create that. I had to, man, the, the working title for a couple of years was the most interesting unit never talked about, or you had something way better, uh, to that effect um but uh i asked my dad i was like i don't what do you think i should name this and craig had a good uh he goes you know i'm like he's like what's the most uh read book in history and i was like well the bible and he goes yeah the kicker's bible and i said well there you go man let's get you some brandon deals or something because that's that's big time but uh yeah man what did i learn uh you know to tell you a little bit on i won't spend too much time but I've been working on it for 10 years and uh, it was really just notes that I kept when I was playing. I saw Chandler Catanzaro of Auburn and uh, then the Cardinals. I, I heard that he kept notes of his stuff and that kind of indicated for me like, oh yeah, I should be taking notes. Hey, this is what I did when I was kicking into the wind. And I had a really good day this day. I was, you know, locking out my ankle. I had a wide plant foot. I was striking the sweet spot, you know, 
Um, little things like that. I struggle on this day. And this is what I was thinking about. Let's never think about that again. And that's not a mental cue I want to use. Um, but man, after I finished playing in 2017, I did a pre- presentation to our staff. I kind of helped GA at UT Martin and I was, it just hung over me. You know, it was a dark cloud. I was a teacher and it was a coach. And so that was an off season project, but I would come home every day and I'm like, Oh God, I got this book. I haven't finished. And so two years later, uh, COVID rolled around and I know it was a horrible thing and a lot of people lost their lives and, you know, RIP to those people. But, you know, that was one of the best years of my life. Cause it gave me this time where I'm like, Hey, I need to finish this. Um, what it taught me also was that there's some incredibly helpful people out there. I didn't have the money at the time Dan, to like, you know, I reached out to editors and it was $5 a page and $3 a page, $7 a page. Well, my book's almost 200 pages. You know, that would have been a thousand dollars and I wasn't ready to sink that in. So I went and I felt found the uh, top English universities, public universities in the nation. And I found a, I found a girl at UVA who was willing to do the book for a dollar a page and she killed it. Her name was Julie Wilson. And funny, funny thing is I ended up going and coaching at a rival school, Virginia Tech, go Hokies. So um, that was a little <laughs> bit of conundrum. Um, but uh God, she was so helpful and she kicked butt. She sent me reports every night. She would highlight stuff. She changed in red. I'd say, okay, that that's not a kicking term. I don't want to use that. You know, I don't, I want it to be mine and my language. And uh, the way that she helped me, um, that people helped me put it out there and get it published. And it was, you know, my dream come true. And it was uh, the support of everyone around me. It just really wowed me. And I thought the longest time, you know, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll Uber, uh, during the day and I'll work on the book by night or vice versa. And never ended up Ubering. I always had the sticker in my car. I got 50% off on, uh, oil changes, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing what you can do when people believe you and you have the right people around you. I was very appreciative of her and my family supporting me and people like you that ask about it, man, that's, that's uh, all I ever really wanted was just to help further education for specialists like me that didn't have anything, you know, I'm sure you did it on your own. And I watched some YouTube videos and, and that was how I learned to kick. So here's a, you know, an instructional manual that I'm lucky enough to get to work with Shane Graham and, and David Akers. And some of these guys are just amazing people. And, and I'm so uh, humbled and, and appreciative of those guys. Yeah, you're a go-getter. I think that people sometimes uh, resent success, especially others' success, right? And I think you should embrace others' success because um, people want to be acknowledged for their efforts. And I think that if you if you do that, if you build others up, they're going to build you up, right? You, This comes and goes. So I think that the energy that you give to others, it's like it's not – you didn't get lucky – you know, that that came to you because of what you've done. I'm not saying that I'm, I believe in karma per se, but I do I do firmly believe that the energy energy you present to others and what you bring to the table and how you make a team or a family better. People want to help people like that. Um, so I, I, I really congratulate you for that. And I want to end with uh, if there's a few ways, maybe give one or two ways that a player, a parent, um, a coach would would or could reach out. Yeah, I'll definitely drop that. Hey, I got a question for you real quick, though, Dan. I know you got to go in a sec, but 
you, I can just tell you've been on a journey, you know, doing this podcast and through this kicking coaching. And I want to ask you, you know, what, what have you learned? Cause it seems like you are this super open guy who's, you know, very appreciative of everything. It seems like you've been through a lot. What, what have you uh, learned from this journey? Man, I have a lot of battles, right? Uh, I am the farthest thing from perfect. And I think that I embrace, I've learned to embrace that, uh, I need people, you know, I thought, especially in my twenties, I really had this mindset where, you know, I look at Nick Saban on his worst day and he's firing, he's getting in people's face. And, you know, that's, that's part of his life and maybe a big part of his persona, but I can assure you probably has the skills to, to care for others too. Right. I mean, he, he keeps a close circle. I'm using it as an example because I used to think that was like how I should be always. It's like, get out of my way. I'm better than you. I know what I'm doing. And I think what really was a catalyst was realizing that I was the complete opposite. Um, I needed like everybody, I needed help in all facets of life. And if I wanted to grow, right. If I wanted to evolve in anything then I have to acknowledge that I've not made it in anything. Um, so that's, it's just a realization, I guess, of all my imperfections and, and kind of being okay with it. Right. Um, to know that like the list is never going to be completed. So I think it's enjoying, yeah, it's cliche, but enjoying the process and realizing that it's not always peaks. There's a lot of valleys, but, uh, you know, hopefully it's somewhere in between more than more often than not. And, and, and you're cool with it because you like what you're doing and I love what I do, you know? Yeah. Wow. I'm really impressed and I'm, I'm really appreciative that, uh, that you took the time to answer that. And, and, uh, I can be along, even if it's a tiny splice of this uh, journey with you. So I'm, I'm honored to have met you, and this is a friendship we just formed. But you're a good dude, man, and uh, I, I want to uh, keep having fun fourth down with you. So it means a lot. It means a lot to all of us at Fourth Down Focus that Coach Brett Arkelian was uh, able to share information that can and will help performance both on and off the field. Please give us a five star rating, a review, subscribe to the show. Share with a friend. If you have questions, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com. And on social media, I'm at fourthdownu. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N and the letter U. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. And I'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. Check out the uh, Kicker's Bible, too, and... Uh icemankicking.com you can reach me there appreciate it amen no yes that was a nice plug but uh then we'll talk to i think i need a copy um but i i do i i hope 23 is treating everybody well and remember in all things with thanks listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube